Welcome to the National Crawford Roundtable podcast, a view of culture, current events, and politics through a biblical lens, brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls, Alliance Defending Freedom, protecting your God-given right to live and speak the truth, and Wilson Financial Advisors, over 50 years of financial expertise and success. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on their banners to visit their websites. And now here are your hosts, Neil Boron, Bob Duco, Roger Marsh, and John Rush. Back with another week of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast with all of the guys, Roger and John and Neil, myself, Bob. Guys, how are you? Doing great, Bob. How are you? Oh, good. Looking forward to to this week's episode. And uh, this week, what we're going to be talking about in just a moment, we're going to be speaking with uh, Julie Blake with Alliance Defending Freedom uh, to get an idea of some of the great string of victories that they've had uh, this year so far on behalf of our religious freedoms, constitutional freedoms and rights, and then what we can expect coming up. In the second half of the podcast, we're going to talk about the announcement from Kevin McCarthy, Speaker of the House, that yes, he is calling for House inquiries into impeaching Joe Biden. Is it the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do to try to impeach Joe Biden? We're going to dive into that in the second half. As you listen to the podcast, we want you to remember, you're going to hear our sponsors, and we really encourage you folks to support our sponsors. And Roger, I know one of them, Dennis Financial, has already helped a lot of our listeners get their own financial houses in order. Dennis does a great job of helping with Wilson Financial Services. And, you know, it's, it's a, an issue of being a good steward with the resources that God has entrusted to you. Whether you have great amounts or small amounts, it's all about stewarding them and making sure that they are being a- applied properly so that the income is growing, that you're not losing anything, and that you also have resources available to support Preborn Alliance, Defending Freedom, and things of those uh, organizations like that. Um, 800-696-9970 or click the Wilson Financial Advisors banner when you go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Get the ball rolling. Find out how Dennis can put you into investments that are God-honoring, that don't compromise your values like a lot of these major uh, financial investment companies do, but also that will help you build wealth, that will also help you uh, improve your position as you move into the uh, retirement years, the senior years as well, because uh, we want to be good stewards at every season, but especially as we get into those stadium laps, as we like to call them in our family. So click on the Wilson Financial Advisors banner today, and I'm looking forward to eventually getting Dennis on the program here. He just got back from Africa where they were building some churches mm. there. And it's just, he's got some phenomenal stories to share. And can't wait for him to be a part of our broadcast here eventually. Yeah, we, we certainly look forward to talking to him. And uh, one of the things that we talk about on this show, of course, is how important it is as believers in Christ and as Americans that we fight for our our freedoms, our liberties. You know, I think about the the Apostle Paul. And if you look in Acts chapter 16, when he was falsely imprisoned, him and Silas, he demanded his rights as a Roman citizen. He said, hey, wait a minute here. You beat us. You imprisoned us without a trial. And you think we're going to go away quietly? No, you send the magistrates down here and you have them escort us out personally. In other words, he said, look, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, but I'm also a Roman citizen and I have certain rights and you're not going to deny me those rights. So there's nothing unbiblical at all about us saying we're American citizens too. And we have certain constitutional rights and constitutional freedoms, and you will not take them away. And we so appreciate the work that Alliance Defending Freedom, ADF, has been doing on our behalf. And to kind of give us a, an idea of where we stand with these these various lawsuits and these victories that they've had lately, 
uh, is Julie Blake. Julie Blake is Senior Counsel for Regulatory Litigation at Alliance Defending Freedom. She has served as Deputy Solicitor General for the State of Missouri, Assistant Solicitor General for the State of West Virginia. And Julie Blake joins us now. Counselor, thanks for being with us today. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Great having you with us. So there's been a big string of victories you guys have experienced, but of course, one of them, a really big one for all of us who are pro-life, certainly, uh, is this this victory regarding the FDA and the expanding of the abortion drug itself. Uh, tell us a little bit about that, so maybe some background on that and and what happened with this particular case. Well, the FDA has a responsibility to protect the health, the safety, and welfare of all Americans. But it has failed that responsibility when it comes to chemical abortion drugs. These drugs are dangerous, and they should never have been approved in the first place. Um, but worse, the FDA not only has approved these drugs, they've removed even common-sense basic safeguards on these drugs. We represent doctors, OBs, emergency room physicians who regularly care for women who experience the complications and harms of these drugs and have nowhere else to turn to. And we have gone to court, and we have been uh, able to go and show judges that the FDA has never followed the law, has never followed the science, and it's never been protecting women and girls from drugs that are just too dangerous to be on the market. At this point, we've had uh, two different federal courts look at this and agree that what the FDA has done is unlawful. And so the latest decision that we got from the appeals court just says that you need to have some basic common sense safeguards on these drugs. Women need to have a doctor visit beforehand and a doctor mm -hmm. visit afterwards to make sure that they're okay. You can't take these drugs too late in pregnancy when they're going to really hurt a woman and when they, they're really not meant for um, to, to, to be late in pregnancy. And, and more, more simply, the FDA simply has to start collecting data and reports to find out if the drugs are safe or not. Really simple, common-sense things to protect women and girls that the FDA should have been doing all along. Right. They really should have. And actually, Julie, there's some specific questions that I, that I want to ask you about the, these abortion drugs as well. And we're going to do that in just a moment. As we do... Please keep in mind, everybody, you hear us talking about preborn on this podcast all the time. And when you hear us talking about the unborn and stopping abortions and saving babies' lives and helping these women, you're like, well, what can I do? You know, here's what you can do pay for ultrasound images that preborn can show to expectant moms of their unborn babies because those moms choose life almost all the time. They don't go across the street to Planned Parenthood. They let their baby live when they see a picture of their baby. By the way, they usually end up accepting the Lord too. So it takes money to pay for these ultrasound images. This is what preborn does. So here's what I'm asking everybody in the audience right now to do. If you have not given to preborn already, would you do that today? Here's how it works. $28 is the average cost to stop one abortion through ultrasound images. 28 bucks saves one baby's life. Will you pray about a number? Take $28 times fill in the blank. Whatever that number is, that'll be your forever legacy of the number of babies' lives that you saved. So it's a one-time gift to preborn. You can give online by going to crawfordmediagroup.net, click on preborn, you can give right there. And 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds. So crawfordmediagroup.net, click on preborn, or just give them a call. They answer the phone 24-7, 833-850-BABY, 833-850-BABY. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. And Julie Julie Blake, of course, with Alliance Defending Freedom, about the what you were saying about the 
abortion drugs and, and how late that the FDA was allowing women to take these. We got to remember when the FDA said we're going to go from seven weeks to 10 weeks, I think to myself, hold on a minute. At 10 weeks, a baby can, is sucking his thumb. At 10 weeks, a baby's making facial expressions. At 10 weeks, this is a baby. And the FDA says we can go ahead and do that. But the other big concern for me is what you said about doctor visits. Because, correct me if I'm wrong, counselor, but can't you have, if you can just, if you can just get the abortion drug through the mail without having to see a doctor, doesn't that make it easier for sex traffickers to or, or, or pimps or whatever to basically abuse their their sex trade and sex slave women by forcing abortions on them uh, and forcing to receive these in the mail. Uh, that way they can go ahead and stay off the radar screen as they're forcing chemical abortions on these girls, not to mention how many of them might have ectopic pregnancies or complications that the doctor never sees. So I, I don't see how this is somehow beneficial for women's safety, what the FDA tried to do. Well, and that's exactly what the court agreed with our doctors. There is no substitute for an in-person appointment privately with a doctor who can perform a physical exam or an ultrasound, uh, who can make sure that there's no uh, contraindication, um, who can make sure that you don't have an ectopic pregnancy, simply just common sense measures to protect the health and safety of the woman herself. And of course, um, when you have a mail order chemical abortion drug economy, like the FDA has been pushing, you have all sorts of other problems that come, come in when instead of having a doctor in person with a woman, you simply have sometimes no more than just a form you fill out on the internet and someone sends you, you know, a, a pill in the mail and you're, you're all on your own. Um, doctors provide a critical role in making sure that a woman is not being coerced, that she is not being forced to have an abortion against her will. But doctors also play an important role just being there um, for complications and follow-up care from chemical abortion drugs. We know that these drugs can really, really hurt women. Um, many women are completely unprepared for what happens. And when you just have mail-order chemical abortion drugs, there's no woman there uh, who has a doctor nearby. And, and so what happens, she ends up going to the emergency room. We represent in this lawsuit the emergency room doctors who have ended up caring for these women, filling the gap, stepping in. And what they're saying to the FDA is it's wrong to just leave this to emergency room doctors. These women need continuous care for so many reasons throughout this process. Um, and even if these drugs shouldn't be on the market in the first place, at a minimum, a woman deserves to have a doctor's care. Right. She sure does. And, you know, Neil, I know we're going to be throwing this to you in a, in a little bit. But first, Roger and John, any questions that you have for Julie Blake about ADF at this or any of the other cases that they've been handling? Well, just right out of the box, I'll just jump in real quick. And, and uh, Julie, thank you for being with us, by the way, and for the incredible work that ADF is doing to represent our freedoms. Uh, was is Are you guys arguing, help us understand what the case looks like. Are, you know, were you arguing on behalf of actual women who've been previously harmed, you know, named women, whether their names appeared in the lawsuit or not, or more on procedural grounds like we were talking about just a moment ago, like the idea that, you know, these could be ectopic pregnancies, maybe these women aren't pregnant at all, there's no doctor care. Was it really just on the procedural stuff or based on actual harm that's occurred already? So uh, our clients, we represent in this lawsuit four 
uh, major pro-life medical associations, as well as four individual doctors. Um, the doctors, as well as the doctor members of these medical associations, have all been treating women in these emergency settings when they've been harmed by chemical abortion drugs. And so our doctors have gone to court on behalf of these patients, and they've gone to the judge and said, Judge, here it is. Here is the sworn statement. Um, I had a woman come in this day. She was dumped at the emergency room door by the Uber driver after Planned Parenthood said, see you later. Um, I saved her life. Exam examples just like that. And that's what we're going to the court saying it's time to look at what FDA did. FDA never followed the law. They never followed procedures. They never followed the science. And that's what the judges who have looked at our case so far have agreed and said that the FDA needs to put politics aside and to start protecting women and girls from chemical abortion drugs. You know, as much as, just quick follow-up, but as much as in the past arguments about surgical abortions kind of centered around the whole coat hanger idea, the idea that some women somewhere uh, had been harmed by coat hangers in years gone by, uh, which is skeptical and, you know, not provable. But either way, uh, you're talking about real lives in danger here. You're talking about actual doctors that have actually dealt with women who are bleeding out in some cases. And I think people deserve to hear that this isn't really just a hypothetical or philosophical argument, but we're talking about actual human lives and not just the lives of their babies, while abortion generally centers on that. We're talking about the harm that this is bringing to women, and I think women's rights groups ought to be standing up to help champion this cause, but thank you for leading the way on that. It's incredible what you're doing. Well, you know what is in incredible is that um, the drug manufacturer's own information, if, if you believe it, between 100,000 and 350,000 users of these chemical abortion drugs have had unsuccessful chemical abortions and have needed a surgical intervention. Hmm. Wow. Wow. Um, wow. That's and, a big number. I mean, that's between 2 and 7% of all women who take these drugs. Um that's and, a big and the number of women. Right. <laughs> I mean, right. That many, we should be hearing, I mean, really, the the feminists and such who claim to care so much about women's health and women's safety, they ought to be bringing stuff like this up. But, of course, they don't. I hate to say it, but abortion has become such a, a golden calf to them. It's such a, a religion almost that they, they're blinded to the harm that actually comes to Well, you know, on women. top of that, and I'm glad that, that you said this, the FDA is also becoming very untrustworthy. Look at all the things that have happened even through COVID. I mean, no offense, guys, but every single time something like this comes up, it just proves more and more what side of the aisle they're on. And it's not, yeah, by the way, for your protection. I know. Well, they just fast-tracked another COVID variant Correct. Uh, vaccine, and they're advising it for children as young as two six months, months old. And, six months and above. Or so, six months. It's like, you have to be kidding me, you know? And they say, oh, this has been fully tested. No, it hasn't. The FDA typically takes anywhere from five to 15 years right. to research something long-term before they approve it. And now, suddenly, they're, you know, so... Well, and in this case... What we're talking about with ADF, they're hiding other information that would be used to not allow this drug on the market. Right. I, what the FDA did was they said, unless a woman dies, there's no responsibility to collect the information, yeah. find out anything that happens to these women. And then they Nonsense. turned around in court and told the judge, well, hey, look, there's, there's no evidence that these women have been harmed. And I, I think that, to, to its credit, our judiciary uh, was not letting... Um, 
not letting the FDA get away with that kind of, you know, head in the sand approach. Um, I'll, I'll give you another one. The, the FDA's label for chemical abortion drugs, its own label says that between 2.9 and 4.6% of women will end up in the emergency room from these drugs. <laughs> oh my goodness. Now, to pick any, I'll tell you what, pick any drug on the market right now that you can go to CVS and get. And if you had that percentage of people that will end up in the emergency room as a result of that, there is no mm -hmm. way in the world right. that would be allowed. That's right. Well, but abortion doctors are telling women, hey, this is like taking Tylenol. This is no big deal. Just right. pop these pills, you'll be fine. Yeah. You know, that, and that is such a myth. And they, they've really been pushing that myth. What they're doing is they're saying, well, look at all the ways people can misuse Tylenol and all of the harms that comes from that. And they're saying, well, and that's, you know, worse than when people take these chemical abortion drugs on label. But, you know, what, what you're comparing is if these chemical abortion drugs are taken as intended, you're going to have all of these things. They're not being misused. Th that's the point. And, you know, unfortunately, they're really just preying on women and girls who are facing unexpected pregnancies. Um, and they're just adding these increased medical dangers that a lot of women just don't know about and, and don't understand because they don't have a doctor with them uh, when they're getting these drugs prescribed. And, you know, that, that just adds to the already high costs of an abortion where you have the... Um, emotional and physical harm caused by any abortion, as well as the trauma of a lost child. Right, so true. Julie, here in the People's Republic of California, uh, we had an uh, issue that was passed as a proposition many years ago, Proposition 65, which was supposed to warn people about uh, different things that could potentially cause cancer in the world. And so there's always a Prop 65 warning on everything. I received uh, something in the mail uh, last week's my birthday and got a, a gift from uh, someone who sent it from out of state through People's Republic. And so it had the California warning on it. And I was surprised the first time I, I'm taking a look at it now, the first time I've ever seen this where it said the P65 warning says, warning, this product has been made with things that could cause cancer or reproductive harm. And I looked at the phrase reproductive harm and I thought, is this the kind of gobbledygook that you guys have to deal with in the courts all the time? I mean, how could that possibly be acceptable? Oh, by the way, you know, there might be something in here that if you're pregnant, it might cause your pregnancy to end. I mean, it's, it's amazing how, well, we put it on the boxes. We put it on all the labels, so that's supposed to suffice. I mean, it, how does what you were able to accomplish in this case maybe go back and refute some of these types of things where, it's, well, it's in the law somewhere, and so we're covered? You know, I, I, the words you say, reproductive harm, I, I think one of the saddest parts about taking chemical abortion drugs is that they can prevent a woman from having a future successful pregnancy. Right. Um, and that's, that's just, just so utterly tragic. And there are so many women who just really can't give informed consent to this without having a doctor there and without having the studies beforehand showing that these drugs are safe and under what conditions they need to be given to women to make sure that women are protected mm. from these medical dangers. Right, so true. Yeah. And by the way, uh, we want you folks listening to us, we want you to financially support ADF. You realize they're the ones fighting uh, for, for these unborn babies in the courts, and not just the unborn babies and not just the moms, but they're also fighting for uh, Neil, for, for all of us as believers and as Americans, for our constitutional freedoms and rights. And, and Neil, maybe you could just remind our listeners of how they can financially support ADF and help them you know, continue this great work. 
I'd be happy to. And Mary and I are supporters of ADF. We make no bones about it. This is an incredible organization. And again, Julie, thank you for what you guys are doing. You see an attack on everyone's rights. And specifically in this case, I mean, we're talking about abortion, so definitely women's rights. Um, there's been an assault on women's rights uh, that I don't think people even realize, and I want to talk about it in a second, but you can give to ADF. You can give to the Alliance Defending Freedom, who's working on our behalf by giving just $19 a month, and it makes a tremendous difference. Just go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on the ADF button. Uh, 1972, Congress passes Title IX. It was a huge win for women and women's sports, but today... ADF now represents a growing number of female athletes across the country who've been forced to compete against biological males. Many lost medals or awards. Some were denied opportunities to win championships or even earn scholarships because they were unfairly and sometimes dangerously forced to compete against biological males. That's wrong. But the good news is ADF is fighting to give these women a voice and so that they can once again compete and win without disadvantage. And I said $19 a month can do this. Just 63 cents a day. A really small investment when you consider the precious value of the freedom that it guarantees. So join the fight. Do it today. Let's give and support Alliance Defending Freedom. Click on the ADF button at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. You know, before I stop here, let me just ask a quick question, Julie. Where does this go from here? Because i got to believe Big Pharma, the abortion industry, these people aren't going away. So as much progress as you've made, and congratulations on all that you've done thus far, where do you see this going? Well, just last Friday evening, um, the drug manufacturer and the FDA filed uh, for Supreme Court review, asking the U.S. Supreme Court to step in. Um, and so that's going to be the next, the next stage. And we are hopeful that when the Supreme Court looks at this case, just like the other judges who've looked at this beforehand, that they'll agree that the FDA has not been putting women first and that it is time to restore some of these necessary protections for women and girls. Absolutely. So what's coming down uh, What's coming down the pike, Julie? Uh, what are some future cases maybe you guys are working on right now? Because we've seen a lot of victories you guys have had in religious freedoms cases, Christian business owners that can't be forced to violate their, their beliefs in, in participating in gay and, and lesbian weddings and such. Uh, what's some stuff on the horizon? Well, you just mentioned women's sports, and I think that's going to be the next big one. The Biden administration's redefinition of sex in Title IX uh, really threatens to erode all the achievements that women have worked so hard to achieve. And they shouldn't be letting males compete on female teams simply because that's how a male identifies. Women work so hard just to shave fractions of a second off their race times after their swim meet compete times. And it's simply not fair uh, to expect uh, women to uh, to compete against men in their sports. Right, absolutely. Well, hey, if, if that's the way that it's going to be, I think I ought to be able to compete in uh, t-ball and just uh, be, you know, because I can identify as an eight-year-old, I suppose. It, it, it really just absolutely is absurd what's happening right now in women's sports. And I'm glad to see that some women have been willing to speak out about this. You know, J.K. Rowling, Martina Navratilova, Riley Gaines. I mean, there's been some that are willing to speak out. But for the most part, uh, the feminists just have not been uh, as vocal as they really should be. So we got the women's sports case. Is there a particular case that you guys are rallying around, Julie, that's going to run up the flagpole? 
Well, I think that when the Biden administration announces its new rules, then you're um, very likely to see a reaction okay. uh, to that. Right now, we already have litigation representing a female athlete against the Biden administration's guidance trying to, re to redefine sex. And um, part of that case, uh, you know, we agree got had, had a judge agree that um, the Biden administration can't just remove the level playing field for women and girls by guidance. It has to go through at least process and procedures for rules. Um, so, you know, we stand ready to continue to defend her and many other female athletes that ADF represents, um, no matter what the Biden administration comes. I mean, it's as simple as uh, the, the girls deserve to compete on a level playing field and that if the Biden administration is threatening that, they're threatening fairness, safety, mm -hmm. dignity, privacy for all of these these women. And so that's likely to be the next frontier is standing up to the Biden administration's new sports rules. Right. Which, by the way, how does that work as far as changing Title IX? Does he have the authority to do that by fiat through executive order? Or is that something that would need to be done legislatively? Well, that's exactly what um, we're telling the court, that he's never had the authority to change this, uh, that it's Congress that votes and makes the laws, right. not the president. Okay, so a Title IX change, redefining the criteria for Title IX, your argument is that that, that requires legislation for that and that, that can't just be done by executive order. Uh, and I suppose that's where the debate comes in, right? Because the Biden administration is going to say, no, that's not, it's not necessary to, to uh, alter a particular law. Uh, but, but it seems to me that it is because if you're changing the law, then if, if you're changing the criteria, then aren't you in essence creating a new law? That's exactly right. And Congress said sex and it meant men and women. It didn't mean right. gender identity. And it approved previous rules that specifically say you have men and women sports teams because that gives women equal opportunities to have sports teams. That's why you've had the massive increase in women's sports over the last 40 years. And, and I just want to touch back on something you were saying a moment ago. I actually think it's important to realize that there is a diverse and nonpartisan coalition uh, standing up for the truth about basic biology and about fairness in women's sports. Mm -hmm. I think that you're seeing state legislatures across the country realize how important this is. And you're having people all across the, the spectrum, conservatives and liberals, uh, the political, the apolitical, and even radical feminists who are agreeing that human beings are male and female right. and that women shouldn't have to compete against men in their own sports. That so is th so this, true. So I, I, I just got to correct you. I, I think that we, we are seeing the feminists and everyone coming together well, on good. this issue. Yeah. I'll tell you and, what, that, that's good. The, the, the more the better. And I, I, I'll tell you, Julie, I wish we had more time. We're, we're unfortunately out of time. But uh, we just so much appreciate the work that you folks are doing. And, of course, Julie Blake, uh, Senior Counsel for Regulatory Litigation at Alliance Defending Freedom. And don't forget, support ADF as well. Their website, adflegal.org. And, Counselor, we appreciate you being with us today. Thank you so much. Thank you. You bet. Take care now. And, uh, folks, remember, when we were talking about abortion before and the chemical abortions and such, there is something you can do to stop abortions, to save babies' lives. You can give to preborn. You can pay for ultrasound images 
for preborn to show to expectant moms of their unborn babies. And those moms choose life almost all the time. Statistically, they do about 85% of the time. And they usually end up accepting the Lord, too. So we're asking you to pay for as many ultrasound images as you can. Save as many babies' lives as you can. $28 is the average cost to stop one abortion through ultrasound images. So take $28 times fill in the blank, whatever that number is, that'll be your forever legacy of the amount of babies' lives that you saved. It's a one-time gift to preborn. Would you do that right now? You can give online by going to crawfordmediagroup.net, click on the preborn tab. Crawfordmediagroup.net, click on preborn. 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds. And if you want to give over the phone, the answer the phone's 24 7. So call right now, 833 850 BABY. That's 833 850 BABY. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. And coming up in the second half of this podcast, we're going to talk about the impeachment inquiry that Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy has called for Joe Biden. Is impeaching Joe Biden the right thing, the wrong thing, the smart thing, the dumb thing? All right. And should he be impeached? And what exactly does that mean? That's coming up in the second half with Neil and Roger and John and myself here on the National Crawford Roundtable podcast. This has been a Crawford Media Group production. Continuing the second half of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast with all the guys, Roger Marsh of The Bottom Line from the People's Republic of California, John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado, Neil Boron, Neil Boron Live out of Buffalo, New York, myself, Bob Duco, The Bob Duco Show out of Detroit. We appreciate you folks listening to the podcast. Want to remind you, you can watch video of our podcast by going to myhopenow.com and certainly follow My Hope Now wherever you follow your social media. So guys, in the second half, let's talk about the impeachment inquiries. As you know, Kevin McCarthy, Speaker of the House this week, he announced that he is calling for an impeachment inquiry. He didn't call for an impeachment vote. That tells me he doesn't know for sure that he has all of the votes necessary, but uh, the Republicans barely control the House. And uh, if the committees, the Judicial Committee, the, the Judiciary Committee, rather, uh, the House Oversight Committee, if they go ahead and launch these impeachment inquiries, my personal opinion, I think this is a right and necessary thing to do. John, I want to throw it over to you because I know that you don't. You see this as a waste of time, and let's mm-hmm. just move forward. Why do you say that? It's theatrics is really all it ends up being. Yes, I realize that according to them, they can do more inquiries into Joe and Hunter and the dealings there and so on. Although we're already doing that and there's so much that's already been found, I really don't know what else they're going to dig up that they haven't, by the way, already dug up. And at the end of the day, as you know, even if he were to get as far as to take a vote, even if the House passed that vote, it's unlikely they would, but let's say they did. It's not going anywhere in the Senate. This is just the, the Trump impeachment in reverse. To me, as a taxpayer, I would rather see them work on things like, let's figure out what's going to happen on September 30th when there's a potential for a government shutdown. What are we going to do to get a budget actually passed that actually works? What are we going to do to get the economy back on track? How are we going to rein in some of this spending? I'd rather see that done than this. All right. Now, let me allow me to push back on you on this. Uh, and I might be wrong about this. I realize that. But here's why I don't think this is Trump in reverse, Okay. If the Republicans were wanting to impeach Joe Biden because of, we'll say, 
a phone call that he had with some foreign leader and they wanted to, to cherry they, they wanted to split hairs and say oh because he happened to bring up uh, something that we don't think was appropriate then I would say it's tit for tat. Or if they said, well, you know, the Black Lives Matter riots that took place, we think that Joe Biden inflamed those riots by reinforcing what they were angry about by claiming their systemic racism in law enforcement. Therefore, we're going to impeach him for the Black Lives Matter riots. Then I think it would be fair to say, okay, this is Trump in reverse. But, you know, so the Constitution itself says that you, you can impeach a president when they engage in bribery. And it seems to me it's very clear that Joe Biden is engaged in bribery no at a minimum with the Burisma no case, okay? He leveraged a billion dollars in USAID mm -hmm. against Petro Poroshenko, the then president of Ukraine, to force him to basically extort him into firing Viktor Shokin, the prosecutor, who was investigating the energy company, paying millions of dollars to Hunter Biden, who, according to the FBI's FD-1023 form, uh, then gave a $5 million bonus to Joe Biden and then $5 million bonus to Hunter Biden. That is textbook bribery, if not extortion. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to get to a point in America where we say a president can engage in bribery and we just look the other way uh, because, you know, hey, you know, under the guise of let's just move forward. No, if somebody commits really serious crimes like this and 20 shell corporations that you're funneling $20 million to nine of your family members from foreign nationals, this is serious stuff. People's got to be, you can't just say, okay, well, they broke the law, but since it's Joe Biden, let's just move on. I, I don't agree, agree but with what's that. the alternative? I mean, what, what comes out of this? What comes out of it is the Democrats get sent a message of you cannot engage in corruption and bribery and have Republicans go soft and get away with it. I would be 100% with you if they were trying to split hairs with Joe Biden about something he said in a phone call with a foreign leader or trying to attach him to the Black Lives Matter riots. That's what the Democrats did to Donald Trump, and it was absurd. And I would say exactly the same thing if that's what Joe Biden was being accused of. But that's not what he's being accused of. He's being accused of actual bribery. Okay, treason. And so, it's yeah, treason. Yes, and it is. And so if it rises to that level, if he's selling out America to foreign countries to line the pockets of himself and his family— we can't say, okay, well, that's tit for tat for what they did to Donald Trump. No, there were no accusations that Donald Trump and his kids did anything like this. Well, and, and again, I'm not arguing with you on all of that. I agree with all of that. The problem is we don't control enough of the Senate to have this going, no, nor do I want Kamala Harris as president. So He won't be removed. Uh, I'm, look, I yeah, totally get he, he would not be removed, but at least it would officially go on the record and in the history books. That, and by the way, for Republican voters, I think there's a lot of Republican voters, especially the MAGA voters, that we don't want them turned off and going, that's it, forget it. I'm done with this Republican Party. I'm not even going to bother to vote anymore because the Democrats will go after Donald Trump for putting on the wrong color tie, but the Republicans won't go after Joe Biden for committing bribery? How weak is this Republican Party? I give up. I'm just going apolitical and uh, not It goes voting. back to what I said initially. This is more political theater than it is anything else because, again, at the end of the day, I firmly believe Biden's not your candidate anyway. So, again, yeah. yes, this will go down in the record books. Yes, we need to make a stand that we can't allow this in the presidency. But at the end of the day, 
I, there's no outcome. I'm sorry. There's just nothing that comes well, he's out not, of this. He's not, he's not be not the candidate anyways. But it makes a statement. At least makes a statement that we're going to bring an indictment. If we have a corrupt jury in the Senate who refuses to convict, okay, fine. But at least we did the right thing and brought an indictment. And I think that that's what's got to be done here. So I, I think okay. this is okay. the right thing, especially Crazy for question. bribery. Yeah, Neil. Great. Well, if, if you're saying he's not going to be the candidate, then he's got to be removed somehow. I mean, either he dies or his body well, he just won't run again. Uh, well, okay. Well, right. I expect positive. an announce by the end of this year yeah, he that just he won't, won't run again. again. He won't okay. step down before the so you're, up. So there's no chance that, they would, that the Democrats would look the other way, let this uh, impeachment inquiry thing go through, somehow allow him to be removed from office, like all of a sudden agree, no. this is horrible. No. Oh, look what no. happened. I'll tell you what, if happen. Kamala Harris were polling really well, if Kamala Harris were considered the star of the Democratic Party uh, and she had a real chance of winning re-election in 2024, I guarantee you the Democrats would be on board right now with impeaching Biden or at a minimum talking to him behind the scenes and saying you have to pull out of the race and you have to resign, step down, whatever. So okay, but it, procedurally help me understand because you know she would obviously then be an incumbent you know, right. finishing out his term, but that doesn't make her the Democratic nominee automatically. So, so she would not they want necessarily. Gavin, they want Gavin Newsom. Well, they don't oh, well, want her. That's why do. they don't and want this, him going right. anywhere. Well, and this does That's provide right. a perfect cover for them when you think about it. I mean, if you're the Republicans doing the inquiry says, yes, we're tough on this, but you know, if we don't have the votes, it's no big deal. Hopefully we can campaign off of this. If you're the Democrats and you've been trying to 25th Amendment this guy and you don't want him to run again and you're looking for a way to get rid of Kamala, it seems like it's a perfect storm because you could you could attach her to this corrupt administration, blah, blah, blah. We're mm -hmm. making changes. If yeah, it goes exactly. through to it, if it goes through for a full trial and they do wind up voting to impeach him and he's you know found guilty, now you've got the stink on both of them. And here comes Gavin Newsom and Jared Polis. Here comes on a white Gavin horse. Newsom and Gretchen on a white <laughs> horse to save the Democrat <laughs> right. Party and our democracy. And right. God be praised. You know, yeah, but sudden. you know what, though? <laughs> if he gets a, if they actually convicted him and removed him, which they won't, there's not a chance. I'm with John no. on this. So there's not a chance they're going to remove him. But if they did and Kamala Harris were the incumbent, it now creates an awkward situation for the Democratic Party because it's like how do we how do we get behind Gavin Newsom to to get in and now primary the existing sitting president? It's almost like we have to automatically let her be the nominee for twenty twenty four, and she's a loser for us. Unless so. I think it was Roger suggested it that she's part of the corruption, so she has to go too. In other words, yeah. as a nominee. That's yeah. Why? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, basically, it, what you—they're not going to the remove her, though. But the Democrats are so on point with their messaging; they could create this kind of scenario where they, they could, could say, "Look, uh, here's Biden and Harris, and they're here, and we've got to do this to stay the ship because this is good for democracy." But by right. golly, we can't have this kind of corruption here, and we're going to do something about it. Here comes Gavin and Gretchen, da da da, da and next thing mm -hmm. you know, white horse, white capes, and, right, yeah. and that's how they'll run because we're saving democracy. The same BS that they used here in California, where they said, "If we don't vote to codify abortion and 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 trans." Transgender rights and things like that. That's the end of democracy. And and Democrats bought it. I, I know. Buy I it know. again. It's a, I know. It's, it's crazy because we're and, sitting and, here thinking that's so illogical, but they'll And buy I'm it. still I'm still sliding all of my chips onto the Gavin and Gretchen card. I'm I'm pretty convinced it's gonna be that next year. We'll see. But well, we got a lot more to unpack about this. As we do, uh, you hear me talking about preborn during this podcast all the time, and a lot of you have given to preborn and you're responsible for saving babies' lives, stopping abortions. We so appreciate that. What a blessing this is to be able to give money to pay for ultrasound images so that these babies can live and moms choose life. If you have not given yet, would you do that now? 
Remember, $28 is the average cost to stop one abortion through ultrasound images. Okay, one abortion, 20. So take $28 times fill in the blank. Whatever that number is, maybe God lays a number on your heart. Is it $28 times 10 babies, 50 babies, 100 babies, whatever you can afford, one-time gift to preborn, and your forever legacy is that's the number of abortions you stopped. And by the way, the moms usually come to the Lord too. Uh, in addition to choosing life. So there's two ways to give to preborn to pay for these ultrasound images. Two ways. Option A, go online right now to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Click on preborn. You can give right there. And 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds. Okay, nothing for overhead. If you want to give over the phone, you can call 24-7. They answer. 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. We do appreciate you folks doing that. And so as we talk about the the impeachment inquiry here, so John, you think it's a waste of time. Uh, you know, I don't agree with you on that. Uh, it seems to me this is the right thing to do, but how does this end up playing out? And I'm kind of curious if you guys think... I think we're all in agreement. The Democrats in the Senate, no way in the world you you get two-thirds. Even if every Republican in the Senate voted yes, they would still need a couple of handfuls of Democrats, and there's no way they're going to get that. Uh, does this thing even pass the House? Uh, is, there, is there enough unity within the House of Representatives, guys, that they would be willing to actually even vote? Because this would be a major embarrassment for the Democrat, for the Republican Party if they can't even, with control, get a vote for impeachment against a president who has clearly engaged in actual bribery. To make it through the House, guys? Mm. What do you think? Well, like I told you, I, I'm not convinced it would. So, uh, you know, we, we don't have that big of a margin. Uh, great question. And, and I think some of this goes back to what we were talking about a moment ago in regards to, you know, how much influence does the left have in this being part of their strategy to make him and Kamala step down so that Newsom and Whitmer or whoever ends up being the VP, I do think it'll be Newsom, is the candidate going into 2024. So, you know, are there some things even going on behind the scenes between some of the higher up Dems and McCarthy to push this forward? Guys, I have no idea that that pro honestly, that wouldn't shock me. Yeah. Well, and don't forget the Matt Gates and the Marjorie Taylor Greens who are sitting there holding Kevin McCarthy's foot to the fire, saying right. you better do something. So I think this is his his first step to try to appease them. It, it depends is. on how much gas they have in the tank and how much right. coal they have in the house. It is I that I won't argue with. I think you're 100 percent correct on that one, Roger. Roger, what do we do about the the rule of law issue though? Because it, it does. I, I just maybe I'm beating a dead horse here, but I can't get past the fact that if we have a president who engages in bribery and, and actually does what we saw him do with Ukraine and then has 20 shell corporations flooding millions of dollars from foreign nationals into the bank accounts of his family, if we're going to turn a blind eye to that because, well, we're not going to get the payoff on the end, he's not going to get removed anyway, so we're not even going to bring the indictment. I, I just It just seems to me the Republican Party itself uh, the the enthusiasm level gets cut in half, you know, if if they're not even willing to go go for something like this, it's so blatantly criminal. 
Yeah, and the ghost of John Boehner is still roaming the halls there at 1600 Pennsylvania yeah. Avenue. I mean, it's and Paul Ryan too. They're so used to being able to clutch their pearls and say, "We're going to vote to disarm Obamacare," and then they knew that they would never get any support in the Senate. They were right. just doing it for fundraising. I mean, and, and I hate to say this because obviously this is affecting the White House, right? This is the Oval Office. This is the the top of the heap. But how many members of the House of Representatives on both sides of the equation are doing the same thing? I mean, they're not peddling the same influence, obviously, because they can't get that far up. But in terms of offshore accounts and, you know, shell company businesses and things of that nature, and, you know, there but for the grace of God, they're like sitting there going, shoot, if I don't say anything, then no one will come after me. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's that's a very real thing. We used to think that we sent 435 representatives and 100 senators to bidding on Capitol Hill. And now mm-hmm. they go and do their own bidding and protect their own legacies. And, um, you know, as John points out often and with great passion here on the program, and I love it when he does this, they work for us. And yet right. they have convinced the nation that we somehow work for them. And if we will just get them elected and keep them in office and this, that, and the other thing, that they're going to do everything that's supposed to be right. Your your argument, Bob, is so altruistic and pure and right and good. And yet, how do we convince enough you know, 220 members of the House of Representatives to do the right thing? Herding cats at this point, it seems. Okay, like. you know what you do? Well, you scare you scare them with losing their job because I'm personally convinced that if the Republicans do not bring impeachment against Joe Biden for these blatant crimes that he committed, if they don't do that, I'm convinced that the Republicans lose control of the House next year because they'll lose it because you're going to get individual races around the country where you have low voter turnout in various congressional districts around the country because you got a Republican that could have won the race, but turnout is so low in that Republicans' particular constituency because the Republicans are saying, oh, that's it. I'm done with this guy. These weak-kneed Republicans or whatever. And then what happens, uh, even if Trump wins next year, you got a Democrat-controlled House because Republican voters didn't get out and vote for their Republican candidate in the local congressional district. They got to show the fight in this. They've got to. I think it it has to go beyond just scaring them. You can't just threaten to throw them out of office, you need to actually do it. I just uh, was looking up a stat here online. It was on the internet, so it must be true. But it says that you know ninety three percent of incumbents win reelection simply because they're an incumbent. So you know, unless the American people say enough is enough with all of this nonsense, and I, I would say also on both sides of the political aisle. I mean, what good is a weak need Republican if they're not going to stand for principles that actually matter? Uh, are they any better than a Democrat who's voting for something we disagree with i mean ultimately so bottom line is we hold the power we need to go to the polls and throw them all out i know it sounds ridiculous it sounds crazy but where are you going to see change apart from that everyone's in bed with everyone else everyone's getting Mm -hmm. all kinds of kickbacks from all kinds Mm -hmm. of special interest groups the whole government is incredibly corrupt at all kinds of levels and i think that there's only one remedy and that's for the we the people to stand up and do something about it by voting some people out of office by the way infrastructure in new york is like crumbling we've got 400 some odd bridges that are deemed not to be that safe and and all kinds of other problems that they continually bring up in New York. Well, New York has been a, a super majority for the Democrats for years, run by Democratic governors, mayors, you know, county executives, et cetera, et cetera. Blue all across. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of red in the rural areas, but you know, the, the major cities control it, especially New York City. So the bottom line is like 
what's the deal? Well, the Republic, uh, the uh, Democrats haven't done anything about infrastructure for all of these years. There's billions of dollars that should have been spent on maintaining roads and everything else, and it's not being spent. So whose fault is that? Well, the people that didn't throw them out of office last time and felt that they should be continually reelected simply because they were an incumbent. And I just, I, I'm frustrated by that reality as much as all the things that elected officials aren't doing. It's what we aren't doing when we go to the polls. Mm, yeah. Uh, so I guess it begs a question. And what do we expect of the Republicans now? It seems to me that. Uh, the expectation is that, yeah, you know, I think you're right. I think a lot of these mm-hmm. bums need to be thrown out. Not all yep. of them. Some are fighters. A lot of the bums do need to be thrown out. But many of these Over bums are not. Over half need to go. Yeah, look, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Over half of them aren't being primaried, though. And so they're not going to be thrown out. So since they're not going to be thrown out uh, in a primary election, it seems to me that we don't really have a choice but to scare them into losing to the Democrat. They're not going to lose to another Republican in a primary. So we got to scare them to, uh, into losing to the Democrat because the MAGA Republicans in their district are going to be so disheartened that they're not even going to go bother going to the polls. Voter turnout will be too low in the congressional election races next year if the Republicans let this one slip through the cracks. So that well, to they're, me is they're... what my, my big concern is. And based on the fact that they think that we work for them, you know, mm-hmm. that they're our boss. And, and we saw all that come out during COVID. The only way to change this is to begin to strategize to work on things like we're talking about here. And it may yeah. take, uh, it may be a long road to get to that point. But the bottom line is, you know, they believe that they're in charge. They control America and they ultimately do not. But we've, you know, handed over that that uh, power to them and we need to take it back bottom line the, geo- so the gop has to take a page out of the democrat playbook how many times you hear me say this but it's just mm-hmm. it's so true there yeah. have been a lot of democrat house leaders who have been knocked off by the aocs of this world because the democrat party saw a problem and they made it a priority to get the voters in to get the voters animated and agitated and to show up and these guys who were caught napping all of a sudden are out of work i mean I they do a very good job of turning over their own the gop has to start doing a better job of theirs as well. Hey, Roger, let me ask well, you, Roger, as you're talking about that, because one of the things I wanted to ask you, Roger, and it's it's unrelated to what we're talking about here, but, you know, I was mentioning Preborn early. We we're talking about the, the sponsors to this podcast. And Roger, I know that you're very passionate about Wilson Financial and the great yeah. work that they do. And I, I guess we just really want to make sure in the midst of all of this that we're debating, uh, we still have to get our own financial houses in order. And, right. and I know that that's something Wilson Financial can help us do. Yeah, Dennis gives such great, good, godly advice. He's a Trump supporter who, when the Trump tax bill passed, he said, look out, because there are some pitfalls here for people who are in certain investment categories, and you can't just look at blind allegiance and say, I like this guy, so everything he does is good. But that's the kind of counsel you get. If you're looking to make sure that you're stewarding the money that God has entrusted to you wisely, you owe it to yourself to contact Wilson Financial. You can click the banner at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. If you want to make sure that your investments don't go down, and he has a number of uh, investments that have guaranteed, you know, bottom end, it's not going to go crazy. 
parent goes nuts, you're not going to lose your principal. You're going to protect that principal. And he's also got some some uh, CD alternatives that actually provide things like a, a guaranteed extra you know, benefit upon your passing and also long-term care benefit that you can't get anywhere else. So you, you owe it to yourself to be a good steward and contact Wilson Financial. Click the banner at CrawfordMediaGroup.net or just pick up the phone the old-fashioned way and call 800-696-9970 because, you know, Dennis is very actively involved in the political world too. You got to get off your keister give to caesar the things that are caesar's here in this case your vote i mean that's something that god gives us the opportunity to to participate in and and you vote with your vote at the ballot box and you also vote with your wallet as to where you want your investment money to go and dennis will give you that advice on both sides absolutely absolutely so uh what do you think the answer is here guys uh, do you think that he that, that the republicans will in fact go through with the impeachment of Joe Biden? Because we've got to remember, we do have a dishonest and corrupt media that the Republicans are going to be up against. Uh, we know that they're going to downplay Joe Biden and try to do, oh, he didn't know anything about Hunter Biden's business deals. Well, unless they have marching him. orders to do otherwise to make this a part of him stepping down, then you may see something different out of the media. You've already seen some different things out of them regarding this. So, Bob, you might be wrong on that. They might actually be a part of the machine to make him step down. Oh, oh the media? Yes. Oh, I, look, I completely believe that the media is part of the machine, but I don't think it's going to be to get him to step down. I think that the media is going to help keep him propped up by two-by-fours until the next election. But I do think that the media is actively involved in trying to get him to make an announcement before the end of this year that he's pulling out of the 2024 race uh, so that it can open up the primaries for everybody, especially Gavin. I do think the media is involved in that, but I, I just... I don't see the media turning, uh, giving credibility to the impeachment accusations against Joe Biden. I, I just, I would be shocked if they actually really threw him under the bus there and said, you know, it sure does look like corruption to me. It sure does look like bribery to me. It looks like the Republicans have a legitimate. I just can't see them doing that. I, I, that to me would be total Alice in Wonderland. They, they haven't yet. I mean, if you think about it, going back to the second presidential debate in the 2020 election, the Republican side, remember uh, Trump went off. He couldn't he couldn't keep his mouth shut during the first debate, and everybody said he needs to be kinder, gentler, or whatever. And so here comes the second debate, and right beforehand, Tony Bobulinski steps up, and he's got these three cell phones. And he's like, hey, I was involved in corrupt business dealings with Hunter Biden and his dad, Joe Biden, and it's all right here on the phones. Tony Bobulinski is not by any means a household name, maybe to people that really follow this stuff. Mm. But, you know, if, 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 if it had been the exact opposite, it had been Donald Trump, everybody would know who that person is immediately. And that right. night, at that very moment, there was all kinds of cameras from every network po pointed at Tony Bobulinski as he's going through this thing, talking about what was on those cell phones. And the only network that ran anything was Fox. Yeah. And they, they completely shut the cameras off. So... It really would be Alice in Wonderland to think that the media would completely flip on that and all of a sudden care about these kind of things. But I don't know. We live in a pretty strange world. You know what? We do. It is so surreal every day waking up. It's like, I, I don't think I'd be surprised by, and I don't think I'd be surprised if I saw an arm growing out of my forehead, how crazy and surreal <laughs> and Picasso insane this world has become. But uh, listen, folks, we want you to be supporting our sponsors to this podcast. Okay. Support Wilson Financial, support ADF, support Preborn. Uh, if you haven't supported Preborn yet, 
pay for some ultrasound images, okay? Save some babies' lives. It's $28 to save one baby's life through ultrasound images. Preborn is the one who shows these ultrasound images to the babies in pro-life centers around the country. So take $28 times fill in the blank. Pray about a number. Maybe God lays a number on your heart. Is it 10 babies, 50 babies, 100 babies, whatever. $28 times whatever that number is, and that's a one-time gift to preborn. You know that 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. And you can give right online. Just go right now to crawfordmediagroup.net, click on preborn. You can give right there, crawfordmediagroup.net, click on preborn. Or you're like, I want to talk to a real life person on the phone. Okay, they answer the phones 24 7. So call right now, 833 850 BABY. 833 850 BABY. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. Uh, yeah, we always hey, appreciate- Bob, let, yes. let me just jump in real quick and say yeah. how much I appreciate Julie Blake stopping by earlier with ADF because oh, yeah. they are fighting for our freedom and uh just along with preborn and wilson financial thank god for the four thousand lawyers at adf that are working to protect our free speech every single day and for the ability for us to parent our own kids and to worship in freedom they've won 15 crucial supreme court victories mm, and it's so important it's just in the last decade it's so important that we step up and that we do what we can to support these folks you know does the ability think about this as we head into the election does the ability to speak truthfully and worship freely without fear of reprisal matter to you well, my prayer is that we take the value of our freedom as seriously as those who fought and died to purchase it for us in the first place. So I just want to say again, let's give generously to all of our sponsors, including the Alliance Defending Freedom. Give $19 a month to help preserve that for each and every American. Just click on the ADF button at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Absolutely. We, we, we appreciate you folks doing this. We do. And we always appreciate you listening to the podcast as well. Don't forget, you can watch video of our podcast at myhopenow.com. Certainly follow them wherever you follow your social media. And John Rush, Rush Reason out of Denver, Colorado. Roger Marsh, the bottom line from the People's Republic of California. Neil Boron, Neil Boron Live out of Buffalo, New York. Myself, Bob Duco, the Bob Duco Show out of Detroit. Guys, always great catching up with you. Looking forward to next week. Likewise. You too, Bob. Thank you. You bet. Thanks. Thanks for listening, everybody. God bless. You've been listening to the National Crawford Roundtable podcast. A view of today's culture through a biblical lens. Brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls. Join us in the fight to save babies from abortion. Your gift provides a free ultrasound for a mother in need. 80% of the time, she will choose life. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Preborn logo to donate to save babies now. Alliance Defending Freedom, protecting your God-given right to live and speak the truth. Your generous financial support makes it possible for ADF to defend religious liberty, the sanctity of human life, freedom of speech, and marriage and family in America and around the world. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the ADF logo to give your financial support. Wilson Financial Advisors, over 50 years of financial expertise and success, helping you build confidence in your financial future. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Wilson Financial Services logo to learn more. You can download this podcast from Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. From your local Crawford Media Group station or at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. And you can watch video of the podcast at MyHopeNow.com. Be sure to follow My Hope Now wherever you follow social media. And please give this podcast a five-star rating on your Apple app. Look for the notification on your app for when the next weekly edition of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast is ready for you to download. This is a Crawford Media Group production.